What's up, everybody? It's your boy Q Hicks, and I'm here to let you know that this podcast is presented by BetUS.com. With a lot of sports back in effect with the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL, BetUS is the right place for all of your betting needs. You win and you get paid. Just go to BetUS.com. That is B-E-T-U-S.com. And when you put in your deposit, put in the promo code of QEMedia. That is Q-E-M-E-D-I-A for 125% bonus on all of sports. Not only can you win big money, but you can support the podcast as well. Now let's dive into the episode you are now listening to the q and e podcast what's up everybody you are listening to the q and e podcast and you're here with your boy q hicks right now and i got Edgar on the other line Edgar, tell the people what's good What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today, man. We are getting closer and closer to the end of the NFL regular season. So we got a lot of Week 13 recap, Week 14 uh, previews coming up, you know, with our picks of the week and everything. A lot of NBA talk. The big Christmas day is coming up, you know, so another, what, week or so until that comes. So we got a lot of sports news for y'all, man. But yeah, man, we got a lot to uh, dive into today. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Q&E podcast, we have five segments. We have our sports segment, two hour Wednesday, social media wants to know entertainment and pass the ox. And the college football playoff is set. And we all, we have our playoff. We have all our bowl games. Everything is set up to this point. We have Alabama at number one after <laughs> upsetting Georgia and a crazy turn of events. Michigan number two after being Iowa. We have Georgia at three, and we have Cincinnati at four. Edgar, what is your reaction to the college football playoff? It's finally here. I wasn't upset that Alabama beat Georgia. I was just upset that Georgia looked like they forgot how to play football when they actually had to play Alabama. I think that's what pissed me off so much about the SEC championship, bro. If it was a hard-fought battle – and, like, Georgia and Alabama were just neck and neck, and Alabama just ended up pulling out in the end, then mm. it would have been a situation where I'm like, oh, okay, like, on their best day, it, it's hard fought, but Alabama won. Like, no, it just looked like com- like Georgia just completely forgot how to play fucking football. And I'm like, no, <laughs> please don't. Please don't tell me a mediocre Bama team is still the best team in the <laughs> nation, bro. Like that, that's saying a lot. And I, I was talking to Denisha while we was watching the game and I'm like, I don't know who this game is telling me more about. Is it telling me more about Alabama that literally no matter who is in a uniform, Alabama is going to win? Or is it telling me that Georgia, no matter how good they get, they're just never going to win? Like, I, I don't understand. I really don't. It, it, it has to be Georgia, bro, because even when this is Kirby Smart's year, we've been saying it the whole season, he has to win a championship this year. It's still Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. And I feel like it's more so saying that Nick Saban just has his number, bro. We've seen this matchup in championship games. We've seen it in SEC championship games a number of times. And every time he goes against Nick Saban, he forgets how to coach. The team doesn't look the same. When he plays against Florida, when he plays against Ole Miss, he whacks all them niggas. But when he got to go against (laughs) Big Daddy, hey, hey, Big Daddy coming to bring that hammer, my nigga. I'm telling you, Nick Saban don't play them games. So I think it's, it's Nick Saban just has... Uh, Kirby Smart's number to this point and that was my biggest takeaway hopefully we see something different in the college football playoff bro because they did not look like that the whole season bro 
at all. Both of those teams did not look like that. Georgia looked way more dominant, and, and Alabama, Alabama looked way look good. They did not look that good. So is it going to balance out when we see a championship game? Because Alabama had more on the line in this game. Georgia yeah. was going to get in no matter what. So Alabama had a raise of raised sense of intensity for this matchup. Will it be the same when they see each other in the playoffs, when both come in and know that it's win or go home? I think it was going to balance out. We see a better game if that's what we see in the championship. And another thing, just to uh, go off, just segue off topic for a second. Did you see that post talking about um, Nick Saban's like coaching staff in 2015? Like, I've seen that, yeah. That shit was crazy. You <laughs> yeah. had... Like it's really unfair when you think about it now, obviously, because hindsight is always 2020. But you had Lane Kiffin, Mel Tucker, Bill Napier, Kirby Smart. Like you had all these people all on the same team as you, like as offensive coordinators, defense, special teams, uh uh what's another one? Uh wide receiver coach. What the wide receiver coach, like all of I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, what? So you're teaching all these people, and now years later, it's like no matter how much people have learned from you, they're still you're still the master at the end of the day. It's, it's, <laughs> it's always like that master, master, yeah. and uh, what what you call it, sensei and, and student relationship or whatever. It's like sensei always got something up his sleeve, and Nick Saban is definitely sensei. That's what I'm saying, bro. And man, I don't know what we're gonna get in um the college football playoff. It's gonna this is an exciting matchup. We talked about it last week that we got a couple of teams that we never see in the college football playoff in Cincinnati. We never seen Michigan before, so I'm excited to see those two teams. And I honestly think this was the best case scenario for Cincinnati. I think Alabama was the best matchup for them. I ended up talking to uh somebody off me and him were going back and forth about. I think the the type of defense that Cincinnati runs, like the type of schemes, the type of pressures that they throw at you are so um, disguised that they might rattle Bryce Young in a matchup like a college football playoff. The Cincinnati offense is what I'm more so worried about than the Cincinnati defense, and that's what I'm scared of. Are you going to score enough points to keep up with Bryce Young? Because we see how explosive they can be. That's more so my worry, but it's going to be an exciting matchup, I think. I love this matchup just because the unfamiliarity of everything. Like, Alabama has to worry because they've never played a Cincinnati team. I don't even know how many times within the past five years that they've even played Cincinnati, if they've even played them at all. So it's the (laughs) fact that they've never played them, and the fact that they're this good and they never played them, that's saying a lot on what Alabama is thinking. And then, of course, if you're Cincinnati – this is your first, like, real, real game, like, of this entire season. And it's kind of it's kind of a fucked up situation that it has to be a playoff game that you finally get a real game like this because I feel like they're going to be judged unfairly, bro. If Even if they lose by, let's say, two – let's say the spread is, like, 14 points. Uh, Alabama is slated to win by 14 or whatever. Even if Cincinnati – shrinks that and only loses by a field goal last second or it goes to overtime or whatever i feel like the committee is going to point in cincinnati and say see they weren't meant to be in here and i feel like that's going to be very unfair because i honestly just want cincinnati to play a good game as long as they play a good game and they scare the hell out of alabama that's all i want i want alabama to be like oh shit like we actually gotta like really win this game because as long as they do that, I feel like it'll leave room for the committee to trust other teams to get in. You may not win, but you're going to boost ratings and you're going to give it a fighting chance at least. 
If y'all let Notre Dame every other year and they get waxed by 40 every year, y'all can let Cincinnati in, bro. Because even if they get but waxed Notre by Dame 40. Notre Dame is a big name. Notre Dame is a big name, saying, so they're going to let with that. I'm saying even though they're a big name, they still getting waxed. So usually oh, yeah. whoever is in that fourth seat, you're getting waxed. So you can't say, oh, Cincinnati, we let y'all in. Y'all got waxed. Whoever is in that fourth seat every year gets waxed by whoever is the number one seat, bro. So y'all can't just say Cincinnati is y'all or whatever small school comes in the next or coming years. Oh, no, it's y'all. It's just it's a mismatch. Even when it's a Notre Dame, like a big school got better recruits. It's still a mismatch when you compare them to Alabama, to Georgia and to these other uh, Ohio states and stuff like that. But I think it will be a closer game because. They have SEC experience because they played against Georgia last year in the bowl game. I brought this up at the beginning of the season. That's why I was so confident with this team. They had a mm-hmm. close game with Georgia. They, they only lost by three, and it was like a – I think it was like a game-winning field goal or something like that. They lost to Georgia. Georgia was a good team last year, so I think they can keep up. They brought back a lot of players from the last year. They have NFL uh, pros in their secondary. Their defense is good. Once again, I'm worried about their offense. Hopefully they can score enough points. But their defense, I'm really confident in, though. So I think they have the SEC experience from last year to go into this game with some sense of we know what to expect. So hopefully we get that. Yeah, and, and just about- to – Oh, yeah, go ahead. I about to say just to touch on Michigan. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that Michigan has made a huge turnaround, you know, beating Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. That was the major hump that we were all wondering can uh, coach – um. Coach, uh, what's his name? Hard can Coach Harbaugh get over? You know, finally beating Ohio State. You know, and now you're in a situation where, for the first time, y'all are in the college football playoff, and they got a chance to get there, bro. Like they they have a chance to get to the championship game. And somebody said, could this be the first time that we don't have an SEC team in the national championship? And I'm like. That that's a lot to ask. That's a lot yeah. to ask. But one one of these teams, I wouldn't be surprised if one of these SEC teams does not get in. I highly doubt that we're gonna get Alabama and Georgia again for the championship game. I doubt it. And I'm, it's funny because I'm more worried about Georgia than I am Alabama, and that's that's the crazy thing because offensively, can they keep up with? Um, not offensively can they keep up, but can they stop that running game? That's what you have to stop for Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan, you have to stop that running game. If you stop the running game, you can stop a lot of what Michigan wants to do. And when it comes to the offense, like Michigan's defense and defensive line can create a lot of havoc in that backfield. And we seen what Alabama did on Saturday. They were in that yeah. backfield a lot and made Stetson Bennett make a lot of questionable throws. So if you get pressure on him, he's going to make a questionable throw, which could lead to picks. So it's it's crazy that I'm more so leaning toward a Michigan upset than I am a Cincinnati over Alabama when just a week ago I was saying Georgia isn't going to be beat. This SEC championship game has me questioning a lot of what Georgia does. And then I will I look back at Georgia's schedule, bro, and I said, who did they really play? Because they dominated everybody, but they played in the SEC East. And the SEC East this year was terrible. Florida was yeah. terrible this year. A lot of the teams that they were steamrolling were terrible. And when you see the SEC West is way more competitive, Alabama had way more competitive games. So Alabama could have been way more prepared for this matchup because they were steamrolling better opponents than a Georgia. So that could have been it. Were we just fooled by the competition and we were just fooled by SEC? So we said Georgia's having a good year 
or was it just the lack of competition in the SEC East? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel Georgia definitely improved a lot, and I feel like this is the best, obviously, um, seeing what we've seen, this is the best year Kirby Smart has had with this Georgia team. And I wouldn't slight it just because of the schedule because Alabama – granted, Alabama nine times out of ten wins at all no matter what their schedule looks like. But Alabama has had several seasons where we're questioning damn near 99% of the teams that they play in until it gets to this point. You know, so I, I feel although they had an easier schedule than Alabama, they still got the job done and they were still blowing people out at the end of the day. You know, and I, I feel – Although they let us down with their performance against Alabama, I don't think that disappointment will happen a second time if they play each other again. But this is the thing, and it really comes down to being battle-tested when you steamroll a lot of teams because you're not used to close games. So when you get punched in the mouth when you play against Alabama, you're not used to it. They weren't punched in the mouth by everybody this year. They were the aggressor. So when they were punched by Alabama, they did not know how to react, which – I'm like, damn, I don't know what to say about that because we haven't seen Georgia in a situation where they've had to come back this season. They've steamrolled everybody. So when you had to play in an actual battle where Alabama was prepared to play you, you look soft. You, you came up yeah. slow, bro. So I, that's why I got to look and say, are y'all going to, is this, are you going to grow from this game and come up ready to play against a Michigan team that is really looking good? They just blew out Iowa. I wasn't looking that crazy, but when you steamroll Iowa like that and just do whatever you want against them, it's like, Georgia, I'm kind of fearful of what can happen in a yep. month, bro. I'm kind of fearful, <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen with Georgia, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm uh, excited, though. I'm excited. I, I expect to see one upset. If I see two upsets, that's going to shake the crazy. whole table. That's going. That's they're they're going to say, we got to explain the playoffs now. <laughs> like We got to explain it now. <laughs> you have to. You have to at that point. And moving on, we got the, uh, the Heisman conversation. I damn near feel like it's a foregone conclusion who it's going to be, man. But who would you have for Heisman at this point? I think they already announced the finalists. We're going to be Aiden Hutchinson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and who was the fourth name? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Was it Corral? Did they take Kenneth Walker out of the talk? They took they took Walker out. No, it was Pickett. It was Pickett from Pittsburgh uh, was the fourth name. So, yeah, those are the four. So who would you think wins the Heisman? I feel like Bryce Young is just leading the charge at this point, especially with how he made his case in that Auburn game with that game-winning drive and then just the way they dismantled Georgia completely. Uh, Hutchinson has made a good case, but it's already hard enough for a defensive player to get it, let alone making your case late in the season at that. Like, you got to mm -hmm. – if you're a defensive player, you have to make your case from, like, at least game three. Like, about three games in, if you're a defensive player and you want to win the Heisman, you got to let niggas know your name immediately. You can't make a case late into the season because if you're a quarterback, you just got to have one game against a good team, no matter at what point in the season, just one game where everybody can say, okay, yeah, you're the best player in the country. Defensively, it's so much tougher. So I say Bryce Young has to have the lead for that. And I feel like Kenneth Walker was slighted, bro. He should have definitely been a finalist. He was carrying yeah. Michigan State this whole season, and he can't get a slot at the, the Heisman table. That's crazy. I'm looking at Kenny Pickett. I'm like, was Pickett really like that to be over Kenneth Walker? Like, they weren't competitive like Michigan State this year either. It's like he was carrying that Michigan State team, bro. Yeah. He had his Heisman moment against Michigan with the five touchdowns. It's like, how did he not make it out of all of these players? 
I know Aiden Hutchinson made his push at the end, but I'm just saying Kenneth Walker should have had his seat. I don't know who y'all want to kick out, but somebody should have been kicked out for Kenneth Walker, bro. I feel like he should. It, it would have made sense to kick Hutchinson out. Just, just like I said, defensively, it's it's hard as fuck to make a Heisman case, especially late in the season. Bro, Kenneth Walker had like 1,800 yards rushing and like 18 touchdowns, some crazy shit like that. Some like, NFL type shit, right? <laughs> bro, and he made, bro, he had, yes, he had 1,600 yards rushing and 18 touchdowns. He averaged six yards a carry, and he didn't get in the Heisman. The team went, right. what, 10 and 2? That's the best record Michigan State had this entire, I don't know when, might have been like six years ago. They might have been 10 and 2. That's back when the yep. white coach was down, forgetting his name at the point. But it's been six years since they played this well, and he doesn't get no recognition. Something wrong with that. But uh, yeah, Bryce, you for Hosman for sure. And moving on to the NFL week 13 recap. We got the first thing on the docket is Lamar Jackson struggles once again first for the Steelers. And it's becoming a trend at this point, bro. Like for the past month he has not looked good like at all even though they've won some games during that stretch he hasn't looked good like four interception games against the Steelers he's throwing wild ass picks against not the Steelers but four interception games against the Browns and then a wild ass pick against the 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 Steelers and he just didn't look comfortable in, in this matchup either so I don't know what to say about Lamar at this point I don't know either I I don't know what kind of slump he's in right now uh He's still a great passer. He's just playing trash right now. Like, I really don't know how to explain it. Uh, he and he's obviously um, aware of how terrible he's playing. You know, he calls himself out on social media before anybody else does. So I don't know what hump he has to get over, but the Bengals are looking really good. Like if you're the Ravens right now, you have to try your hardest to close this season out better than Cincinnati because you want to have that number one division spot and you want to have as a uh, close as close to an easier playoff schedule than them as possible. And right now, even if the Bengals aren't looking the best each game, you know, as long as they continue winning, they could win that division now. And the Ravens are in trouble if that happens. And you know who the the, the Ravens are high-key reminding me of? They're reminding me of last year's Steelers who they really didn't look that great for the entire season, but they were undefeated for like, Half of the season, weren't they like 10 and 0 at one point uh, last year? Still, they got to 11 and 0. 11 and they 0. got to 11 and 0, so they weren't playing that great during those 11 games, but they were winning. Same thing mm-hmm. with Baltimore. Baltimore is like nine and four, or yeah, nine and four, eight and four to this point. They weren't playing well to get that record, but they were just winning games. They could have lost to Detroit, they could have lost to some trash teams this year, but they just continued to pull out games. I don't know how much Baltimore is a contender, but they just continue to pull out games. And they're reminding me of the Steelers where I'm like, I'm, I can see a, a downslide for the Ravens by the end of this season. We see a lot of the injuries. Marlon Humphrey just got hurt this past week. Yep. Your best corner, your Marcus Peter was already out for the, the season. It's started to become a battle of attrition. You don't have your best running backs. So now you're putting all of the pressure on Lamar to make a play. And what defenses are starting to do now is they're blitzing him at a higher rate than anybody else in the NFL. He's getting blitzed more than anybody, and they're making him make quick decisions, and he's coming up small. He's not making the throws. He's not making the reads he's supposed to do. He has to get better at that. We, Even though it, all of the pressure is on him, he can do it. He's capable of it because we've seen him do it before. So he just has to get through this slump, and but it's all on him at this point. It's nobody else he can really rely on. So we have to look at Lamar Jackson. You have to step up. We have been talking about you as being the best player in the NFL. 
we you have to show us why we have been saying this about you you know what i'm saying and i think he's still capable of it but it's becoming a battle of attrition for the uh the ravens team and it was hard to watch like just to your point about how little time he has i think like maybe a second and a half almost two seconds like as soon as the ball is snapped he has like two d linemen in his face and i'm like bro and, and they're coming from the outside so it's not like he has a lot of you know room to you know play around and run around and stuff like that so I, I i don't know what he has to do mentally to get over that hump but he has to get into his pocket passing bag right now i know he's not scrambling far outside like he usually does obviously because the pocket is collapsing more but you have to get more in tone with just sitting in that pocket taking two to three steps back like deep steps and like really, you know, getting those quick passes, getting those quick slants, getting those quick comeback routes. Like I feel like he has to have that type of finish to this season to like really show people, look, I could be a cerebral quarterback and not, you know, if I can't run, then it's just mayhem and I'm just flinging the ball wherever. So so the, the offensive coordinator has to put him in position because you see what the trend is for the past month. The past month you've been getting blitzed nonstop. You see what the trend is. Get the ball out of your hands quickly. That has to be the game plan coming into Sunday because it's probably going to be the game plan for whoever they play this week or maybe if, I think they might have a bye this week. But next week, that ha- that's going to be the game plan. Blitz Lamar. You have to get the ball out of your hands quickly, bro. You can't just sit back there and pray for your line to block. You got to ooh, you got to get in your Tom Brady bag. Brady the mm-hmm. same way. If Brady getting yep. blitz, Brady going to get that ball out of his hands quick, bro. Period. Yep. And you're capable of passing the ball. You just have to get into that. Okay, I got to get it out of my hands in two seconds. I know they're going to blitz me. That's what he has to click in his mind of that has to be it. Like, I can't wait in and, the pocket anymore. And Peyton Manning damn near was the best at that, bro. Like, the way they, you, like, the way they could go back on replays and, like, break down how many seconds he took to throw the ball. Dude hike the ball literally 1.7 seconds. Boom. Like, hike the ball 1.6 seconds. Boom. Like, the ball is out of his hands. He knows the route before it even happens. He can predetermine where to throw the ball just, you know, based off of however the, the wide receiver releases. So, Lamar, is just, it's time for him to get way more cerebral. Not saying he isn't already because, obviously, he is um, based off of how unstoppable he's been until this point. But he has to get it to a point to where if let's just say his legs are completely useless for him, are we looking at him differently or are we still looking at him like, hey, it's still Lamar Jackson? And that's the point he's at right now. Yeah, man. Got to get over that hump. But I think he's I think he will, but I don't know how far the Ravens will go being that you're putting all this pressure on Lamar and you're having the injury issue that you're having as well. Mm. Losing your best corner or losing your best two corners on the season, even though that's a position of strength for them, it's still a big fucking deal, bro. Like, you need your best players come playoff time because, trust me, they're going to attack your corners now, bro. A lot of teams are going to attack you, so it's going to be interesting to see. Next matchup, we have the Patriots beat the Bills to to take a clear lead in the AFC East. And this was one of the the weirdest games I've ever seen because Mac Jones only threw the ball three times and he won a football game. Have we ever seen that before? Uh, us no i'm pretty sure previous they i think they brought up a stat like when was the last time like that few throws that few of throws were made it it was a while ago i I don't even think we were alive the last time some shit like that happened who did this or yeah who did this game tell you more about the patriots or the bills oh it's me more about the bills because the bills were at home 
and it was snowing, which is perfect for the Bills because it's your weather, it's your stadium. This told me a lot about the Bills. The Bills have just been letting me down for the past few weeks now. I already told y'all, like, um, I damn near got to change my, my Super Bowl pick the way these <laughs> niggas looking now. So uh, I got to change my MVP pick. The Bills has <laughs> been... After I want to say, after like the first five, six weeks, the Bills have just started just plummeting, just letting me down. So this definitely told me more about them. But I got a two wild Wednesday for y'all that is going to be very interesting. But I I, I ain't even going to give a hint to what it is. But just to give the Patriots their kudos, uh, that was just hard-nosed, grinded-out football. Like, that. that's all that was. They showed they were the tougher team. And... They played such an old school way. And I seen a Ray Lewis video not too long ago where he was talking about this, of how Bill Belichick, this just proves that it doesn't matter who he has on the roster. He can get the job done and he can get the W. Like the fact that you just literally ran the ball the whole game, which in this day and age, like people are looking at you crazy. Like if you run the ball more than like what, 30, 40 times, like people are looking at you crazy. The fact that you could still win a football game like that, it spoke volumes to, how far ahead Bill Belichick is just still ahead of these coaches. This game told me more about the Patriots because this just confirmed that they're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if Mac Jones, if Mac Jones, because I already felt the way I felt about the Bills anyway, but if Mac Jones can only throw the ball three times and you still win a football game, bro, in 2021, you still win a football game like that, that's what I'm saying. The Patriots are doing something different that the league isn't ready for at this point. Because I think even if this game was in regular weather and it wasn't snowing like it was this past Monday, I still think the Patriots win this game because Mac Jones would have made the plays that would have been needed of him. That's all they're asking of him. Make the throws, bro. Make the big throws, and he's been doing it the whole season. The Patriots are going to the Super Bowl, man. And it's crazy because it did tell me a lot about the Bills. It told me that obviously they can't stop the run for anything. The fact Mm -hmm. that y'all can't do anything, even though they only scored 14 points. They were just gashing you repeatedly in the run game, bro. And it was like, what? How? How can you not change your game plan for that? How can you not put uh, ten and nine men in the box if you see that's how they're going to come at you, bro? How can you not stop it with that that box, bro? That's I'm doing crazy. engage eight the entire game. Like <laughs> I'm going to matter and I'm doing engage bro, eight the whole game. Because just think about this shit, bro. It's the fourth quarter. <laughs> Mac Jones only had two passing attempts, and y'all still like, no, them nigga, that nigga gonna throw the ball. He gonna throw the ball one day. <laughs> it's like they've been running the ball the whole game, and you still think they finna throw? That's the coaching. That's the coaching. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about with this fucking game. Sean McDermott, boy, we gotta talk about that nigga. Talking about how he wasn't impressed by Bill Belichick. How you gonna talk shit about the goat when he got out coached like that? You can't get out coached like that, bro. And then say after the game, I'm not impressed by Bill Belichick. He didn't do anything special. Don't give him all that credit. Come on, bro. You, you look you look <laughs> like a scrub compared to Bill Belichick right now, bro. He beat you with his quarterback only throwing three passes. You don't think that's coaching, bro? He knew what the game plan was, and it was executed. That's coaching, bro. I Bill Belichick, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Moving on. We got... The Chargers and Bengals played this weekend. It was it ended up being a blowout game, but it was a closer game than the score will tell you. I think the Chargers got up 24 to 0 and then the Bengals came all the way back to make it a close game. It was 24 to 22. 
And then I think a Joe Mixon fumble really changed the whole game. He took it back to the crib, and that's when the Chargers went on another run to stretch the game out. But both of the teams look good in this game. I cannot lie to you. Yes. So what team is more dangerous in the playoffs, the Bengals or the Chargers? I would say the Chargers just because I trust Herbert more than I trust um, Joe Burrow right now. Uh, both are very skilled young quarterbacks, but Justin Herbert just has – I feel like he has that it factor, bro. He's the game-changing type of quarterback. I feel like if he goes down – the Chargers are kind of like, what the fuck? Like, you know, so obviously the Bengals too because they don't really have a backup. But I think more so for the Chargers in a sense of like, no, this is who this team is literally built around right now. So I feel he can make throws that Joe Burrow just can't make, you know, because I feel like he's more mobile than Joe Burrow. I feel like he, he just has a little bit more of a cerebral type of game than Joe Burrow. So I love the Chargers moving forward more so than the Bengals. But if they were to meet again in the playoffs, I still think the Chargers will win. It'll be a much closer game. though. I don't think it's going to be no blowout and another team has to come back. Bro, this shit is so tough, bro. Because the Bengals showed me a lot with their running game. Like, even though mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is a skilled quarterback, Joe Mixon was racking up the yards against the Bengals, not the Bengals, but against the Chargers, bro. So that running game, I think, makes more of a difference than just relying solely on Herbert. And I think in the playoffs, when you have that option, like somebody like a Joe Mixon in that offensive line who was really gashing you uh, late in the game or in the middle of the game, speaking of the Bengals, I would have more confidence in that because I see in the running attack. They don't rely on their running game, speaking of the Chargers. Like, they give Austin Eckler the passes out of the backfield, but they don't scare you with the running game. So you're relying. You know it's going to be throws most of the game. But the Bengals, you don't know what to expect. Like, Joe Mixon can have a game where he is, he's rushing for 150 yards. And Joe Burrow can be relaxed and only throw about 200, and they still win. So I think that will be the difference come playoff time. And that's why I would say I'm would, the Bengals would be more dangerous because of the running game. I would say the defenses are – pretty similar in my opinion yeah. they, they're built they're built kind of the same but them having that rushing advantage i think that i would give the Bengals the edge but that was a good ass game though man shot the both definitely and moving on to the next topic we have is heineke the answer for the washington football team so i wanted to talk about this because washington football started the season two and six they are currently 6-6 six and six on a four-game winning streak, and obviously a big part of that is the quarterback, Taylor Heineke. I did not have a lot of uh, confidence in Heineke coming into the season, but I'm going to tell you when my, comp- when, my, when my perspective changed. It was the game against Carolina, bro. The type of plays that he was making, it's no reason why Washington should have won that game. Like, sometimes he'll be dead to rights, bro. You know you're about to sack him. And he'll make some unbelievable (laughs) athletic play where he stays up and he makes a throw where it's just like, bro, how did he stay up? Like, his gunslinging mentality, the way he moves in the pocket, outside of the pocket, it's so unorthodox. And I don't see that from a lot of quarterbacks, bro. So I'm looking at it now like he might be the answer for the Washington football team. He's getting them to this point. They're in playoff contention. They're seventh in the NFC. If I'm Washington, I'm like, I think I might rock with this guy. Because the way the way Heineke is with the Washington football team right now, he's not – he doesn't give me, like, franchise quarterback, like, this is who we're going to be with for years. Like, he does not give me that. But he does give me, this is our guy right now. 
while we build a team. And then when we can get a better quarterback, we'll make the trade when the time is right. So Heineke is the perfect interim quarterback that you need right now just to stay relevant, just to push for a playoff chance, and just to, you know, figure out everything else that you got going on right now. This gives you time to uh, continue to stack your defense since Chase Young is out right now. This gives you time to figure out, you know, who you want to keep for your receiving core, figure out who you want to draft as a running back. And all this and that. This this gives you comfortability if you're Washington. Like, whoo, this is a sigh of relief. We don't have to worry about a quarterback to keep us in games. We don't have to press for one. You don't got to trade up in the press. draft. Yeah, you don't exactly. got to press for one. If, that's the, if that's we, it. For at least the next two years right now, if we need one, if we, if we need one, it's not like a, oh, my God, like the season is on the line type of thing. Like It's like, a, okay, we know we need a quarterback, but right now we're cool. That's not the number one priority. Exactly, bro, and I think he's he's the reason for that, man. And, and it's not like Washington has a lot of weapons that he's working with. He's making shit shake with a team that's not that talented, to be honest with you. They're not. They have a good running back in Antonio Gibson. They obviously have one of the best receivers in um Terry McLaurin. But other than that, it's like, <laughs> it's mad for real. That defense mm-hmm. isn't the same defense from uh, a year before where they were a top defense. That defense that defense is like middle of the league type of defense, but he's still getting this team to six and six and in a playoff position to this point. I got to give him credit for that. And I got to give one of my favorite coaches in the league, Ron Rivera, got to give him credit for that. They looked, they looked terrible earlier in the season. And for them to be in this position, got to give them credit, bro. So definitely shout out to the football team, bro. Definitely shout out to him. Moving on, we have Antonio Brown with a fake Vax card situation, bro. So we see that he was suspended for three games, and it's been talks that the Bucs could think about releasing him when the suspension is up. So will A.B. play for the Bucs again? Oof, that's a hard one, bro. That's a hard one. First first of all, I want to go ahead and say I'm – I'm hoping we win this year because if we don't, I already know we're going to have to let go of a, a few big names because we're we're not going to sign all these people back two years in a row. Like, well, technically three. So uh, I don't see Antonio Brown playing for us again after this season. Uh, Bruce Arians. No, I'm, talking about, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm talking about this year. Because like I said, he's oh, mean- talking about him being cut. They're talking about him being cut after the suspension. Oh, hell no. That man, I getting cut. I thought she was talking about future tense. Oh, Mm-mm. it's a it's a B, and you're trying to win the Super Bowl right now. Like you're you're not cutting this man. <laughs> Bruce Arians will suck. Bruce Arians don't really want him on the team. So after the season is over, yeah, he's probably gonna be like we we were already planning on letting go of a few big names anyway. Just go ahead and go. We don't want to deal with this headache. But right now in the season, he's gonna cuss him out, obviously for having to miss three games and put us in jeopardy of a playoff spot. But Nah, Bruce Arians ain't gonna be like, nah, you gotta go, bro. Bruce Arians trying but to get that. That's what I'm in. saying. Like, will this be the final straw of like, damn, we already knew you were a headache. You already have this reputation. Oh, no. And then you add this on top of it. It's like, damn, bro, you're leaving me with not too many options. But the thing is, I agree with you. I agree with you because Tom Brady's not gonna let him go because Tom yeah. Brady knows how impactful he is for their championship run. If they don't have AB, I don't think the Bucs get to the Super Bowl at all. I don't think they get to the NFC Championship without AB. Like, they need AB if they want well, to get back. We can get to the NFC Championship without AB. But the Super I Bowl, I agree, with, I agree with you on the Super Bowl because 
right now the NFC, I feel like we could beat the cow. Like let's say we had to play the Cowboys to get to the NFC Championship. I feel like we could beat the Cowboys. Uh, and the Rams, the Cardinals. You got to play the, I, play I the Packers. Only two teams I'd worry about are the Cardinals and the Packers. Those are the only two teams. Everybody else, I feel like we have a shot without AB. But the Packers and the Cardinals, I'm looking like, yeah, we need all hands on deck if we play either one of those teams to get to the NFC Championship. Because my mom was talking about it today. Like, she was tired of the headache. So I'm feeling like other Bucks fans might feel the same way of like, man, like he's in such a headache. Like, do we want to deal with the back and forth? He's been out for so long. Do you want him to come back? But you need, like you said, you need all hands on deck, bro. Especially mm-hmm. for this Super Bowl run because this is not like last year. I feel like it's way more teams that actually have a chance to get to yeah. a Super Bowl, especially in the NFC. So you really need all of your talent to be there, bro. You really do. And Tom Brady not going to let him go. So, and- but – I, I just hate the fact that I hate the fact that AB did this stupid ass shit anyway, bro. It's like, Aaron and it wasn't Rogers, just him though; it was a few people for the books. Aaron Rodgers lied obviously about getting the vaccine, but he ain't had no whole fake vaccination card, bro. No, it's like, come on, bro. Let's talk about that, bro. Let's talk about no, no, that. It's no, it's the same situation. You lied either way, but you made your lie even worse by giving fake documentation. Like, you're giving fake CDC information. Like, you can't do that. You already can't lie about the shit. Don't lie and give out fake cards. This is the thing with AB because a whole story came out that his chef was the one who snitched on him about the... The said that situation, which was crazy, anyways, because I think that he owed the chef some money, so the chef ended up ratting him out. <laughs> so he ended up losing three game checks, which was like three hundred thousand dollars. He ended up he only had to owe the he only had to pay the chef like ten thousand dollars. So he only he lost three hundred thousand, and he only had to pay the chef ten thousand, and he would have been straight. I don't think he would have gotten caught if it wasn't for the chef snitching. So it's like even when he gave them fake documentation, he he honestly passed. He was gonna play, but the damn chef snitched on him. So it's like, did he really get caught with the fake documentation, he, or was it the chef? I mean, either way, it was just wrong. Like, I, whether he got caught or not, it was just wrong. Like, bro, just I would have rather you pull some a rod shit and just say you got it. Like, just just <laughs> say you got it and don't give anything. Like, come on, bro. Like that that shit made me mad because it's like, bro, you're doing a b shit. Like, I was on AB ass, like, what, a year and a half ago when he was going through all the shit he was going through. And I'm like, bro, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything and play (laughs) football for at least this amount of time. During the offseason, you can talk all the shit you want. You can do whatever you want. But when it comes down to, like, literally in the season, like, AB has a problem with just saying and doing certain things at the wrong time. And this is one of those situations where it's like you're reminding me of, that that quote unquote temper tantrum mode you were going through a year and a half ago, and I'm just like, come on, bro, you got to tighten up. Especially when Brady putting his neck out there for you, like he put his neck out there for you on the Patriots, and now he putting his neck out there for you on the um on the Bucks with two straight coaches in Belichick and Bruce. Like, come on, bro, you you got to have you got to show more loyalty to somebody who's giving you like outs like that. Yeah. But going back to your Aaron Rodgers point, bro, that's why that's where the 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 conf, the, the, the conflicting suspensions and fines really came to a head because how are you going to only suspend him fourteen thousand dollars, nigga, making forty million? So that ain't nothing to his pockets. Yeah. But then you're gonna suspend AB three games. 
That don't even make sense. They both lied to your ass. So how he only get a, a little slap on the hand and you suspended him three games? That don't make sense. The, the fake documentation, bro. That's what I'm telling it you. The fa- if the, he didn't do it, it's not the fake. I'm telling you that that's what it is. It's not. It's not, it's not fair. That's what it is. But I'm telling you, bro. That's what it is. Just simply. Let's just call it. Let's call it how fake it is. Documentation. Let's call it how it is, bro. It's because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's a white. High level quarterback. I, I'm not denying that at all. <laughs> if, 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 look, because this is what I'm saying. If Aaron Rodgers did what uh, Antonio Brown did, is he suspended? What? Give a fake vaccination card? Probably, probably not for three games though. He would have got he would have got that fourteen thousand dollar fine, maybe one game suspension. To your point, because he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know if he get that game, bro. That's what I'm saying. They, they that, that's what I mean. They that's what I mean. One. They both lied about the shit, but it's like you fourteen thousand three games. So he losing three hundred thousand uh, AB is. It's like he did some wrong shit. So I'm not even trying to shoot him no bail. But it's just the difference when it, it just doesn't make sense. If but we just have to call it how we see it, bro. High level white quarterback. Y'all should just come out and say that NFL. Just that's the difference. <laughs> I rather the NFL just come out and say this is the difference. Like AB is high AB, level white Aaron quarterback, yeah. and then troublesome black wide receiver. I'd rather that, you just that, say that, bro, than we just say, what the hell going on here? But I I understand the point of him being a high-profile white quarterback, but at the same time, it is and, and it's not it's not fair. Like all all of the greatest players of their sport, they're gonna get passes. Like Braun's gonna get passes that other players aren't gonna get, but we it's not really uh he's black and he's brawn. It's just the fact that he's brawn. Like he's not gonna get certain shit that other players are gonna get. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is white, which probably plays more into the fact that he might not get shit done to him. But he's still Aaron Rodgers, whether he's black, white, Asian, it, do- it doesn't matter. He's Aaron Rodgers still at the end of the day, and he's the only quarterback that like Green Bay can really trust to get them all the way of where they're going. And you know the drama of him not possibly coming back next season and everything like it just it would have been a lot as far as like image and as far as optics go if they would have suspended that man three games is it right no but i'm pretty sure that's probably what it was to your point of him just being a high profile white quarterback you know fourteen thousand dollar fine which ain't really shit and they should have probably suspended him one game but you know they they didn't so it is what it is crazy 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 and uh, let's move on to NFL Week 14 picks. What we got for this week, man? Uh, first game of the week, we got Steelers versus Vikings. Thursday night football. All right. I was going to pick the, the Vikings. Because the Vikings be in it. And then I'd be like, <laughs> I don't, bro. The Vikings are, I will continue to say this. The Vikings are the most entertaining football team to watch in all of the NFL. Because that's one team you really don't know what the fuck is going to happen. <laughs> you really don't know, bro. Them <laughs> niggas came back on the Lions and you just knew the Lions were going to blow it again. Nope. Jared Goff, last second walk-off touchdown. I'm like, only the Vikings can let that shit happen. <laughs> Bruh. And it's funny because the Lions wanted to blow that game so they bad. Wanted to, <laughs> they wanted to blow that game so bad. And the Vikings still let them win. That shit is crazy, bro. Because the whole time I'm looking at the score, I'm like, whole, the whole game, I'm like, the Lions? 
Big lead? Okay. Maybe they finna get their first dub of the, um, of the season. I ain't got to look at the score no more. I look at the score. The Vikings come all the way back. I'm like, come on, Detroit. Y'all are blowing games on purpose at this point. <laughs> That's what I'm, I was about to say that, bro. They're blowing games on purpose, bro, because it was multiple games this season. They could have won, but it was like, I feel like like a GM came down and was like, hey, chill out. We need to lose. We're trying to get the number one draft pick. Chill out. Chill out. <laughs> Somebody has to be in their ear, bro, because I swear they could have won way more games. And, and the fact that the fact that Houston got kicked out of playoff contention before them is just crazy to me. That's <laughs> only team. Well, yeah, I got the Vikings, up, but you still have a playoff chance. <laughs> and that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. But I got the Vikings, man. Y'all know how I feel about Big Ben. Uh, I got the Cowboys versus Washington. Uh, who did I pick? I got Cowboys. Yeah, I got Cowboys. Shit, hold on, now. Nah. I got the Cowboys. <laughs> I got the Cowboys. Yikes. Yeah, I got the Cowboys. Damn, that's going to be a close game, though, man. Falcons M is at Washington, though. I got the Cowboys for that dub win. I got it. I'm on the own for the road win. Damn, give me the Dallas. Uh, Falcons versus Panthers. Panthers. I need Cam to get some no. redemption. I ain't heard his name in a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. I'm not picking the Panthers just because it's the Panthers no more. I'm picking the Falcons, man. No McCaffrey, no more. No hope. Jack I'm not Rivers picking Atlanta because it's Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's going to be one of those games. Zero to zero at the end of the game. <laughs> Phil go wins it. <laughs> yeah, well, Jaguars versus Titans. Titans. Uh, Yeah, Titans. Raiders versus Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs are looking really good, by the way. They are Chiefs. I mean, I don't think they're looking really good. I think they're winning games. I, I just mean the fact that they're winning, like the fact that they're winning. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> winning, but it's still one of the because th- even when they played in Sunday night, bro, it was like the offense still doesn't look good. Like it doesn't remind you of the old Chiefs. Like when everything mm-hmm. is clicking, it's still something blocking them from their full potential. I think their defense is on the right path, but the offense, bro, that, that's what worries me. And that's crazy to say, being that the Chiefs are the Chiefs. <laughs> you know what their track record is. But I got the Chiefs, though. Uh, Ravens versus Browns? Uh, Ravens. Damn, bro. It's, it's going to be, be one ugly of them game games. <laughs> it's going to be It ugly, is, bro. <laughs> it is, though, bro. It's going to be one of them games again. Damn. I don't trust Baker, bro. Give me the Ravens. <laughs> Saints versus Jets. <laughs> uh, Saints. Saints. Seahawks versus Titans. Wait, Seahawks versus who? Oh, the Texans. My fault. Oh, I about to say, whoa! Why did I pick the Seahawks? But uh, but I got the Seahawks <laughs> beating the Texans. Yeah, I got the Seahawks. Giants versus Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Chargers. Lions versus Broncos. Broncos. Fuck. <laughs> That's going to be my game. Give me the Niners. Bills versus Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Bucks. Bears versus Packers. Uh, Packers. Packers, yeah. Rams versus Cardinals. Mm, Monday Cardinals. Night Football. I got the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, give me, give me the Cardinals, man. Give me the Cardinals. Kyler Murray and everybody back right now, too. Let's get yep. it popping. Let's get it popping. All right, moving on to some NBA talk. Before we dive into that NBA talk, I want to show love to my team because uh we played them Bucks last night. 
no Jimmy, no Bam. Still got the W over them <laughs> fuck niggas. That's all I want to say, dog. No Jimmy, no Bam. They had their full squad. They was 11 and 0 with their squad. <laughs> it was 11 and 0 with everybody healthy. We came in, squashed them niggas, no Jimmy. For, the, for those of y'all who don't know, Quincy was very confused last night. <laughs> very confused. <laughs> he was very, very confused. confused. Before he started had... talking shit, he was like, how the fuck did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, real deal. Cause I watched the replay last hour this morning. I watched the replay this morning, like the full game. Bro, Max Struess, Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin was stupid last night. Yeah. I think he had like 28 last night. Kyle Lowry went crazy. It's like with no Jimmy, no Bam. I thought we was gonna go on like a, a real slide. I think we still gonna lose some games. Like last yeah. night was an outlier, really. I think we're gonna lose games because Bam is out for four to six weeks with a thumb injury. That's gonna hurt us. Uh, Jimmy, he he's day to day at this point. I don't know when he's coming back. We need our stars, bro. So I don't know where we where we go from here. But uh, like I said, we're a playoff team, though. And um, I want to talk about Demar Derozan though, because I think he's a top five MVP candidate at this point. And the the position that he's putting the uh, the Bulls in is something that I didn't expect earlier in the season or even before the season because I didn't know how much he fit with the team, like. It's a clunky fit. Knowing DeMar DeRozan's game, he's a mid-range player. The NBA is so three-point centric. I didn't know how he fit with them. But the way he's leading this charge with Lonzo and Levine, it's like, damn, will he get up there with the steps, with the Durants? Like, I think he might have to be in that conversation. It's crazy because you and I are thinking the same thing right now. I was surprised you put this for um, uh, for the NBA topic right now because I got a two-hour Wednesday when it comes to Chicago. But DeMar DeRozan, he may not have the flashiness that Steph has or KD has, but he's putting the Bulls, like you said, in a position to be the best team in the East, like when it comes down to it, you know. And I feel the way he's gelling this team together, obviously Lonzo was doing a great job facilitating, but the way they're just rallying behind DeMar DeRozan, and he just makes it look so effortless with how they're still spreading the ball. Like he's being ball dominant obviously with the way he's getting his shots, but he's still making sure everybody else gets their opportunities as well. So Billy Donovan is doing a great job with coaching right now. I, I had him for coach of the year this year, and it, it's looking like a, a great pick so far. So the I'm loving what the Bulls are doing. DeMar DeRozan is definitely top. I'll put him top two MVP candidate right now, right behind and Caruso. And Caruso, bro, I feel like he's one of those players that make everything come together. I think he did the same thing with the Lakers uh, for the past couple of years where he plugs a lot of holes where you say, damn, like they're missing this. They're missing that. And Caruso is somebody who can just do it all. Even him being 6'4", they have him playing the four a lot of the times and he's handling the big fours. You know what I'm saying? So his his impact. Alonzo uh, with Levine and everybody's eating too. It's not just like it's DeRozan and Levine. It's like Lonzo can have a 20 point game, 25. You got Busevich going for 22. It's like everybody's eating on a night to night basis. And I didn't expect this for the Bulls coming into the season. DeRozan is obviously leading it. He's the one hitting the, the, the clutch shots for them. But I got to give Billy Donovan the credit. Like you said, man, this shit is crazy. And just to just to give some flowers to Alex Caruso right now, you know who Alex Caruso is reminding me of? He's reminding me of Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala for the Warriors was that player that you just need somebody to do something and you just throw Iggy in. You need somebody to guard Braun, throw Iggy in there. Like, he may not do perfect, but he's going to do us good enough he's a to glue possibly guy. still win this game. Uh, you mm-hmm. need somebody to 
you know, just hit a couple of, um, you know, quick jumpers or get to the free throw line, Caruso can do that just like how Iguodala could. So I feel like that is the next closest player that I could think of when I think of Alice Caruso. He's gelling into this Bulls team just how uh, Iguodala was gelling into that Warriors team. He may not start every night. He may not be, you know, the guy that gets 20 points every other night, but he's going to make a, a memorable impact on the floor every time he's out there. And he's going to be a big reason why you win games. If Alice Caruso goes down right now with the injury, I'm looking at the Bulls like, damn, like they may not win like five out of the next 10 games possibly. So he's making that big of an impact. So shout out to Alice Caruso, Andre Iguodala. That's the closest player comparison. That's a good comp, bro. <laughs> That's a good comp because he's just a glue guy. And I think Iguodala was just an elevated glue guy because obviously we know he's been an all-star in the past before, so he's more talented. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about glue guys, he's one of the, he's the best glue guy in the league or one of the best glue guys in the league. I, at this moment, I can't name anybody better as a glue guy than Caruso because you see how much of a difference – He's made even when you talk about him leaving the Lakers, you see that what the Lakers are missing are is a Caruso type of presence. Somebody who can guard the ball, somebody who doesn't need uh, LeBron's instructions to go make plays. He knows what to do on uh, every single step. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you need on a lot of teams. You don't have to lead them. They know what to do. Veteran type of presences. And Caruso is that man. So shout out to him. And, and one last thing, like when he was on the Lakers, you notice how everybody, when we always point this out, everybody games change when they have to play with LeBron. Caruso was somebody that his game never changed. Like, he just, to your point, he was a glue guy. It's like, LeBron could, Caruso was the one player that LeBron could tell somebody to change what they're doing, and he's going to be able to change it and do it at the level that LeBron wants it done. If you're Kyle Kuzma, who is eating, by the way, right now with the Wizards, like, he's doing a great job actually growing into the player that, he was supposed to be but if you tell kuzma to do uh something like you know just sit in the corner and just take open shots that's not gonna happen caruso could do that if you're telling uh what rajon rondo to be more of a you know shooter this game than a facilitator he can't do that as opposed to alice caruso who's like yeah no problem i could be the shooter instead of the facilitator you know so i i feel caruso is somebody that never has to change his game he could play the way he plays on any team in the nba yeah, man. Shout out to him. And moving on to the next topic, we have the Grizzlies are streaking without Jaw. So Jaw got hurt a couple of weeks ago, I think, when he uh, ended up spraining his knee. Currently, I don't think there's a timetable. I think they said that he could miss anywhere from three to six weeks with the injury. So I don't know when he's going to come back. But the Grizzlies are currently fourth in the Western Conference at 14 and 11. And they have been on a five-game winning streak. And they're just not beating teams. Like, they're dominating teams without John Moran, bro. Yeah. Jaron Jackson has elevated his play. Desmond Bain. All of these players for the Grizzlies are looking well in their spots right now. And it's just like, why y'all niggas don't play like this when Jaw is here? Because <laughs> y'all are good when Jaw is here, but y'all just going to another level that I didn't even think y'all can reach. So if they play like this when Jaw is back, it's like, can they keep a top four seed in the, the Western Conference? It looks possible. And I think Jaw is realizing this just like the rest of us. Because people have tried to say, you know, the, the team is better without Jaw. Like, it's been even Memphis articles saying that are the team is the team better without John Morant. I love how he's taking that negative publicity and he's uplifting his teammates 
um, while he's still out right now. Because I see him make social media posts every time the team gets a dub. He's like, great job, y'all. Y'all doing a great job without me. Y'all are showing that y'all don't have to rely on me. So when I come back, it don't need to be a, oh, we we can't win now because it's like, <laughs> y'all the only one that's eating. Like, no, y'all niggas can play. I think that's what y'all doing. He's saying y'all niggas can play. So when I come back, y'all better still bring this game. So I, I, I love the fact that they eating without him right now because it's going to make his job so much easier. And he won't have to carry the, the burden of just trying to carry this Memphis team to a playoff spot. And didn't they just have the largest W in like NBA yes. history against the Thunder without yes. Jaw? <laughs> they won by right. seventy three points. Yeah, let me let me repeat that. They won by seventy three points in a real NBA game. <laughs> that shit is so crazy, bro. Crazy, that shit bro. is so crazy without Jaw. So definitely shout out to the team. Uh, I said last year that the Grizzlies coach is so underrated because he doesn't even get credit. A lot of the credit goes to Ja, but the job that he does has to be on display and needs to be talked about more, bro. The fact that this Grizzlies team where you don't know a lot of their players, but they're making things shake because of the coaching staff, I think we have to give uh, Taylor Jenkins more credit, man. So I, I like what the Grizzlies are doing. I said they were going to be a top six seed. I thought Jaw was going to be in that MVP conversation, but if they're going to play like this without them, bro, they might be even scarier than that. I even expected. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, we have Dame wants to play with Ben Simmons. And um, this is a topic that we talked about before at nauseum, but Dame is back in the headlines once again. We got some articles coming out or some reports coming out that uh, he's frustrated with Chauncey Billups, frustrated with the team. They're not playing well right now. They're currently... 11th in the Western Conference at 11 and 15. He's currently hurt. CJ McCullum's hurt. So their record is only going to get worse. So where do you think Portland goes from here? And do you think Dame should be killing these reports? Or do you think he should let these reports ride because it will make him look a certain way if he asks for a trade? If you get what I'm saying. If you let these reports ride, you don't look like the bad guy because yeah. you see you see what's going on. Like your situation is what's deteriorating. It's not like you're forcing your way out. And I feel like him trying to combat that and say, oh, no, the reports are fake. Oh, no, that's not this, this, not that. It's like, bro, we know you want to get out of the situation. You don't have to bullshit us, but you don't have to be the bad guy if these reports continue to come out like that. And that's what I'm saying. You, you don't have to force your way out because – Fans have been begging you to leave anyway. So it's like, it's not a situation where you're going to be the bad guy, even if you did try to like come out and force your way out. I think, I think Dame understands that majority of people are saying that he should leave or that they want him to leave. So I don't think he's going to make the wrong decision either way, whether he comes out and says, you know, these reports aren't true or whether he lets it ride. I feel like people are going to be okay with whatever he does because people just want to see Dame in a better situation. I said before, I don't think him pairing with Ben Simmons is a good fit just because that would then make Ben Simmons the number two option. And I've been saying several times, Ben Simmons needs to get pushed to the third or four fourth option at this point so he could just get in his groove and just be a contributing player until he could rise to that second first caliber type player again but um oh and prayers up to cj mccullum but i i just want dame out of there bro like i don't i don't know what the fuck it needs i don't know what the fuck he needs to say i don't know what he needs to do he could let it ride if he wants but 
Just, just find a way to, to get out. If you don't like what Chauncey Billups got going on, get out before All-Star break. And that's what I'm saying. That's my point of he's trying to look like the good guy by saying, no, I didn't say this about the team. I didn't say that I wanted to leave. And it's just like, yeah. Nobody's going to be mad at you for asking. It, it don't matter what you say, bro. It don't matter I if you want to leave. Because we're like, we're seeing with our own eyes your situation. You're 11 and 15. This team is going nowhere. Nobody is going to be mad at you if you want to leave this squad, bro. So in, in any situation, you're not going to be looked at as the bad guy. You've been there for 10 years, bro. You've been there for 10 years. You have nothing to prove to this franchise anymore. Get the fuck out of there. You have nothing to prove. I don't know where he goes, honestly. And that's the problem that I see with Damian Lillard because I see a lot of people say, he need to go to the Knicks. He need to go to the Celtics. He need to go here. It's like he's not going to be a contender in any of those destinations. I still feel like those there are better teams even if he were to get traded. But there are still better situations than Portland. (laughs) And I guess that's the upgrade. Didn't uh was it you or me that said Indiana? I know I said um I know I said uh Brandon Ingram should go to Indiana. Ingram, but yeah, yeah. Did did we also say Dame Lillard? Uh-uh. I ain't said that. Damn, I could I could have sworn it was another player we said other than Brandon Ingram, but I don't know. He could possibly go to Indiana as long as they don't trade too many pieces away. But once again, are they contenders? They'll be in the playoffs for sure, but championship. <laughs> they'd be in the same no. situation. <laughs> they'd be in the same situation as uh as Portland, man. And it's funny that we just talked about the Pacers last week, and we see reports that they're trying to trade Karis, they're trying to trade Sabonis, Turner. It's like they know what's going on. <laughs> they trying to they trying to start their full rebuild, like we talked about last week. It's happening. And going back to the, the Ben Simmons and wanting to play with Dane Point, I feel like it's a good fit. Because I think for the past three, four years, he's wanted to play with Draymond Green. And I feel like Ben Simmons is like really a, another Draymond Green, especially when you put him in the similar sort of, sort of positions where he doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to shoot. We see Draymond doesn't have to shoot. But he doesn't have anybody clogging the paint. He doesn't have a Joel Embiid clogging the paint. I feel like that has been the hindrance this whole time that he's been clogged. If you let him have a free paint and he can be damn near a small ball five like Draymond, I think that's when you see Ben Simmons really flourish. But the past years with Philly, he's been playing the four. It's just not his game. I think if you pair him with Dame, is it contending? No, but they're better than what they are right now. And you can trade CJ and some picks and you can make the trade happen. But we've been talking about that trade forever. And I don't know when CJ is going to come back. So when is this trade even going to go down if CJ not even healthy? And we, uh, you just said it. Shout out to PJ. Or not PJ, but CJ. Uh, prayers up to him because he has a collapsed lung. So we don't know when he's going to come back from the collapsed lung. And that's the major trade piece to make this all facilitate. So I don't know what happens at this point or when it happens. Yeah. Moving on. Are the Bucks or the Nets the favorites in the East? Currently, the Bucks are third in the Eastern Conference at 16 and 10, but they were they did win 10 out of 11 before they lost to the Heat yesterday. So they were streaking before they lost, and the Nets are 17 and 8, and they've been looking good uh, as well. So who do you think is the favorite out of the East? I would say the Bucks just because you know they're they're the former champs right now and they're top three in their um in their conference. So I, I have no reason to say that they're not the favorites at the moment. And Giannis is healthy, so I I have no reason to say they're not the favorites. Uh, KD obviously my pick for MVP before the season started, and I felt like uh they he has a chance to get them to the finals. But 
until you until you show me that you're just easily better than the Bucks, I, I just have to say the Bucks are the favorite right now in the East. For them to beat the Bucks, I feel like Kyrie would have to come back. For the, for me to say the 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 Nets are a better team, Kyrie would have to come back, bro. Because the the, the Bucks, I feel like the continuity and them having like even higher confidence from a season before after just winning the championship is going to be different because they don't have as much pressure on them as they've had in past seasons, and they have that championship mentality, that championship grip now, and have that monkey off their back while the Nets are still trying to get over that hump. So if Kyrie doesn't come back and push this offense over the hump. It's like I, I think the Bucks would have to be the favorite in the East. I would I would just have to say that. Mm. But y'all already know how I feel about the Bucks. Y'all know who coming for the Bucks, <laughs> bitch ass niggas. Y'all know we on the ass. Shout out to my Heat. We we struggling right now, but we're gonna be ready by playoff time. We're gonna be ready. And uh, let's move forward with our top five power rankings. What you got? Uh, at one, I got the Warriors. Two, the Suns. Three, the Bulls. Four, the Bucks. And Nets at five. Uh, yep. The first two, they might be the first two all season, honestly, with, Mm -hmm. with the Suns and the, the Warriors that would have to be the first two and shout out to Steph. He's closing in on history at this point. I think he only has 10 more three pointers, 10 more shots, 10 more threes, 10 more three pointers to end up taking over Ray Allen's position for all time or yeah, career all time three pointers made. So shout out to Steph. The Suns, like I said, would be two. I would have... The Nets at one or Nets at three for now. Bucks at four, and I'll have Bulls at five. I'll have the Bulls at five. But shout out to the Cavs, man. A lot of people didn't expect them to be still in playoff position at this point, but for them to still mm-hmm. be fourteen and twelve, and everything I feel like is working. Colin Stexton isn't even healthy, so Darius Garland has put more on his shoulders, and he's doing way more, and he's producing way more. Evan Mobley is still playing great. Uh, Jared Allen is still playing great. Everything is working in Cleveland, so definitely shout out to them because I didn't expect them to stay in this position. They're seventh in the East right now. <laughs> seventh in the East. Crazy. And uh, let's move forward to Two Wild Wednesday. All right. Uh, first one for me, uh, Miles Bridges is still the most improved favorite right now. Too wild or not too wild? Oh, not too wild. Not too wild at all, bro. I talked about it yesterday. I talked about not about yesterday. I, I might have been a couple of days ago. I ended up tweeting it out that Miles Bridges gives me flashes of Vince Carter, bro. When you talk about skills and athleticisms, not earlier in his career, but you're really seeing it now with the skills that he has developed. Like his off the dribble game has really soared immensely since past seasons. I don't even remember him dribbling that much in past seasons. <laughs> yeah. But I see him doing off the dribble like game winners for uh, against the. Yeah, what did they play a couple of days ago? They played somebody a couple of days ago, but he had a dagger against somebody, and it was off the dribble. And it was just like, he wasn't doing this last year, bro. So the improvement that I'm seeing from him, I'm seeing flashes of VC. We already know that he's one of the most athletic players in the league, but the skills are coming along. He shot 40% from the three-point line last year. Right now, he's shooting in the low 30s, but I think he will get to the mid-30s. So the three-point percentage is there. Field goal percentage is rising. I see baby Vince right here, bro. I don't think he will ever reach Vince's peak because we know Vince's peak was all time. Like he was like yeah. a 27 point and, per and game a, scorer. It was cold, it was culture changing too. So I, yeah. I don't see cult, 
I don't see culture changer written on Miles Bridges' face, but just the athleticism and the skills. I, I told that's you. what I'm. That's my point. The athleticism and the skills, bro. I'm seeing them on full display this year, man. Especially, and I love this about Lamelo Ball. Like, that Lamelo Ball is not ball dominant, so he won't be somebody that he has to make the play for you. It's a lot of times when Miles Bridges brings the ball up the court, he can do his move and really he can really show his stuff. And for a lot of teams, they don't have that type of point guard who's going to let you show your stuff and let you show off your skills because they're so ball dominant. But Melo can play off ball and let the playmakers do their own thing with the iso ball. And it's really letting Miles Bridges free in this point. Right. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. Not too wild. Everything you say, I agree. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, do another one, though. Uh, next one for me. All right. This, this one. This one's going to shake the table a little bit. Mac Jones is a top three MVP candidate. Too wild or not too wild? <laughs> too wild, man. Too Whoa, wild. what? Too wild. What? This is, if, this is no, I don't give a fuck. This if the Patriots the get to the Super Bowl and Mac Jones playing the way he played, you you have to say he, he's a top three MVP candidate. You, you got to. Whether MVP he win it or not. MVP in regular season, though. The way that he's gonna lead this team no, to be the number one team bro. in the AFC, <laughs> I'm not man. going, bro. Hey, I'm not I, going, I, bro. Say, I say not too wild. You can give your reason, but I say not. This, too this wild. is the this is the thing. Mac Jones is playing great, bro. But I feel like it's more so a collection, more so than just Mac Jones looking so great. And especially with what we just seen, they did won the game, and he just handed the ball off. I cannot give you MVP with games like that. Hell no, I'm not letting that fly, bro. I'm not letting that slide. So that's the reason number. That's reason number one, and my biggest reason. Damn, I say not too wild, bro. I I think obviously right now my my pick would probably be like Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that, but. It's not crazy to say Matt Jones top three, bro. I, I can honestly sit here and say I did not expect the Patriots to be even really like a top four playoff contending team, let alone leading the AFC and being one of the best teams in football right now. I know I Matt Jones only threw the only threw the ball, uh, what you call it, uh three times this past game, but Every other game, bro, he's been improving, improving, improving. He proved me wrong on how talented he actually was because I didn't think he was that crazy coming out of Alabama. But he's showing everybody, like, look, no, I have the skills. I have the cerebral part of the game to, like, put me ahead of quarterbacks that you think I shouldn't be ahead of. And I, I got to give him his props, bro. Mac Jones, I ain't going to lie, bro. Top three candidate, it doesn't sound too crazy. No, I can't. I still can't let that slide. But uh, <laughs> moving on to the next one, I got Gardner Minshew can lead the Eagles to the playoffs. Too wild or not too wild? Too wild. It's the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking Eagles. <laughs> if Gardner Minshew does that, I got to look at him for most approved player. I swear to God. <laughs> because uh, Minshew is obviously subbing in for Jalen Hurts at this point. And I don't know when Jalen Hurts is supposed to come back because I know he had a, a, a ankle injury a couple of weeks ago. So the Eagles had a nice win against – damn, who the Eagles played? 
The Eagles played the Jets. Uh, the Jag, the Jets. They it was the Jets. Jags? Yeah. It was the Jets. It was okay, the Jets. so they played the Jets. So it's the Jets, but they still had a good win with a backup quarterback. And but the way they played offensively was kind of different because obviously there's two different type of quarterbacks in Gardner Minshew. So they aired the ball out way more, and that might be something that pushes this Eagles team over the top. And I think that's more so of what. Uh, the, the the coach Nick Sirianni wants in a quarterback even though I think Jalen Hurts won't lose his starting job even if he misses an extended amount of time I still think Gardner Minshew can put this team in position to make the playoffs currently they are they are like right outside of the playoffs uh, right now they're eighth in the NFC I think they are they can still make it in their, their their schedule I talked about it before you got the Giants a couple of times still. You got to see Washington. You got the Cowboys in the last games. And the where they're playing offensively and defensively, I like it. So I think Gardner Mitchell, if Jalen Hurts misses an extended amount of time, can do it. I don't know. You're making a good case, but it's the fucking Eagles. If they do some shit like that, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm really that that's turnaround of the season, damn near. <laughs> like that's turnaround of the season for sure. No, for real. Uh next one. The Chicago Bulls are the best team in the East. Too wild or not too wild. Too wild, too wild, too wild. Cause we about uh, we about to beat the what's the name again? We about to beat the Bulls again. I, I like the way Chicago is looking, but I do agree it's too wild right now. Um they're definitely a top five team, obviously, because I just said they're in my top five in the NBA uh, with the way they're playing and the way they're being coached. But mm, they, I feel like their experience level is still just too low. DeMar DeRozan, obviously a vet, Vucevic a vet, uh, Levine and Lonzo been in the game a few years, but I, I don't feel they have that veteran, veteran-esque fact to their team like a, a Nets team being led by KD of all players or the way the Warriors, um, not the Warriors, or the way uh, the Bucks are looking, you know, being um, former champions and all that right now. So I, I say it's too wild, but they, they, got, they got enough to get there to be the best team in the East, though. All right. Uh, Kyler Murray is the MVP front runner. too wild or not too wild? Mm, not too wild. They got the best team in the league. I mean, they got the best record in the league right now. And he's playing lights out. So, shit. All right. Uh, yeah. Not too wild. I, I really think he's the front runner at this point. Because even when he uh, was out for a, a few weeks, they lost a game. But they just didn't look the same offensively without him. So, we've seen the impact with that as well. And him coming back last week and looking how they looked. I think he's the MVP front runner. And it's funny in a season where we've kind of been going back and forth, nobody's really taking charge in the MVP race. Somebody who missed two to three weeks is going to win this shit. So it's like, yeah, it's one of them seasons. It really is. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. And yeah, that was it for me. Oh, and just to go back to my Mac Jones one. Nah, that was a coaching flaw. I was going to say, this is how you know how important of a player he is. and how I feel like even though they ran the ball so damn much and he only threw the ball three times, the fact that the defense and the defensive coordinator were scared the whole time that you might throw the ball, I feel like that speaks to how great you are, how great you're playing this season. <laughs> No, that's the fact that you can run the ball the like 50 are. times. You, you can run the ball 50 times and the defense quarter is like, nah, that motherfucker still might throw that bitch. 
Hell no. Uh, moving on, we got uh, entertainment and current events. Uh, oh, so yeah, man, crook ass Joel, boy, crook ass Joel. So Joel Osteen, this is not the first time that he's been in the light in a negative way. If y'all remember a few years ago with Hurricane Irma, uh, he was notoriously known for not opening his doors throughout that entire time in Houston, you know, not letting people into his sanctuary for, uh, you know, for refuge and all that type of stuff. And uh, just for, you know, safety from the hurricane. And this time, money, 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 money is the topic. So in 2014, uh, the Lakewood church had to file a um, file for theft, you know, with the police department of $600,000 being stolen from the church in cash and like tithes and offerings and stuff like that. Well, recently a plumber was working in one of the bathrooms at the church and from this broken wall, when he had to remove a toilet cash and envelopes just started pouring out. I don't think they ever came um publicly said how much money he found, but he did get rewarded $20,000 and Joel Osteen or nobody from the church has said anything to him since this happened. And I'm looking like, I, I, I'm looking at my parents. I'm looking at other people who watch Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen gives some very good messages, but a crook is a crook. If it walk like a duck and it talk like a duck, it damn sure ain't a cow. So I, I just thought this was hilarious because we always hear about how some of these mega church pastors, you know, they're, they're stealing the church money. They're making people pay more than what they should and all this and that. And it was just, it was sad to hear, bro. Cause it's like, it's hard to convince somebody that your religion isn't crooked when you have crooked ass people like this in charge. And that was my main point with this conversation, bro. This is why people are straying away from the church because you can't tell what the pastor's motives are, bro. If you're the leader of the community, I have to believe what you're saying. Even if everything behind closed doors isn't as smooth as you portray it to be, we have to believe that your motives are still true, that you're doing everything in God's best interest. But if your yeah. motives are just to get more and more money, bro, this is what this is why people are straying away. And that's why they want to get a direct connection to God, because the middlemen are so crooked nowadays because we continue to hear more and more stories about this, bro. We just talked about it a couple of um weeks ago about Dana Chanel and how she was a religious person and she was caught scamming with the credit card shit. And my other question is, what else is he hiding at this point if he's lying about being robbed? They have not said anything since this robbery. Like, we haven't heard That's what I'm saying. They ain't so said like, nothing to the plumber. Or they haven't said anything publicly or anything. And the, the plumber, he can't. That's why I said he came out and said, I'm surprised none of them have said anything to me. Yeah, he got rewarded $20,000, but that wasn't from the church. That was from exactly. the, the crime people or whatever who give rewards for shit like that. How are you not going to jail for faking a robbery? You hid six, 600K in a wall and then you don't get arrested for that? Just because he's Joel Osteen, he's not going to get arrested? Like, that's a problem, bro. And I feel like he's lying about more and he's pulled more finessing acts like this before. Like, this isn't his first time. To put 600K in a wall, you have had to do other small things to get up to that point because you don't, you don't, you just don't start at 600K in a wall. You started yeah. somewhere to build up to that, bro. So I feel like there's more dirt to this story and he's not receiving enough flack for what he did. And people are still going to show up 
to his church on Sunday. And I feel like that's the most disappointing thing because when you see somebody's motives are what they are, like you shouldn't want to follow in that person's lead. Even if his messages are good, you know that the messages are bullshit and he's not practicing what he's preaching. So how can you yeah. follow this nigga? And lastly, I said, he gives me Petey Popoff vibes, bro. Because Petey Popoff for since the 70s been lying to people straight to their face, but he gives a good message. So people has been continuing to give people uh, him money and been continuing to get finessed by Petey Popoff since the 70s. And it's 2021. And Petey Popoff is a millionaire at this point because he keeps eating off of y'all niggas. And y'all don't know when to stop with this nigga. And Joel Osteen is the same way, but he's just a younger version of it. And he's doing it in a more of a conniving way. That's it. He's the he's the younger Petey Popoff, but we keep it on the beam, bro. What wasn't that, that another ridiculous. nigga? It was another nigga too. Crack Creflo Dollar. That nigga named Creflo. Creflo. <laughs> that boy named Creflo and his last name Dollar. If that ain't a crooked ass person, how the fuck? Creflo Dollar and you a pastor? That shit crazy. I'm just I'm automatically thinking like you drive an expensive ass car and everybody else has pintos. Like that's automatically what I that think when crazy. I hear your name. That's just wild. But yeah, Joel, I don't know, bro. It's disappointing because like I said, Joel gives very good and inspiring messages. He he's a great pastor, but bro, if we if we know you doing this, but you telling us this, it becomes it's like it's like that parent situation of do as I say, not as I do. It's like, nah, bro, eventually I'm gonna start looking at what you do and say you ain't even listening to your own word. Like you need to watch your own shit. <laughs> like when you go home. Because <laughs> you you clearly just you're you're just a talking head at that point. And going back to the plumber situation, I'm surprised Joe didn't pay the plumber to not get this information out. Because obviously the plumber told somebody for him to actually get the 20K reward. He had to have told the police. Why didn't Joe pay him some money just to not get this information out here? Because I feel like, is his reputation going to be tarnished from this? Because I just said people are going to show up to his church. So is it really tarnished? Or is he just want this I to mean, slide under the rug? I don't think it'll be tarnished because he just has that big of a following. Like, excuse me, when you didn't let people in during Hurricane Irma when niggas could have died for real and shit, I was like, and, and he still have followers after that? I was like, he gonna always have followers. <laughs> and like, I think this that's money shit, so we, hear, oh. we hear about money shit all the time with pastors, so this is just mm -hmm. another another one in the books. But that, that Hurricane Irma shit, I'm like, damn, like, you ain't letting nobody in? Like, come on now. Yeah, that, that shit crazy, bro. Joe, wow, dog. I I don't know what else to say, bro. But if people are going to keep getting away with this, more and more people are going to do it. Because other pastors are probably looking at this like, damn, I can hide 600K in a wall and get away with this shit? Like, damn, that's that's crazy. But now he's setting a precedent with this, and y'all letting him get away with the shit. And, that, and that's why I look at it and just say, I don't know where we go from here with the world, bro. If this shit is just scot-free, and this is the leader of your community. This shit is crazy. Uh... Yeah, let's move on from that. We got uh, Drake withdraws from the Grammys. Yeah, so recently Drake just pulled all of his Grammy nominations out um, not too long before the Grammys come. I think the Grammys are in February, if I'm not mistaken. And this is around the time when uh, nominations start getting put it in. They start, you know, setting up, like, who's going to be nominated for what, who's entering their albums who's entering their songs in certain categories and stuff and he pulled everything out at a really weird time 
and people are speculating this is because of uh, the astral world thing you know he's facing lawsuits just like travis scott so some people are saying it's because of that but some people are also saying that drake is just he's not really fucking with the grammys no more and he doesn't really care to enter his stuff into there anymore because if you remember not too long ago i want to say like two years ago 2019 uh drake said on stage when he won an award uh he was telling upcoming artists he was like look these awards don't mean everything it it was the it was it was 2019 because they tried to cut his mic off before he finished talking because he was speaking real shit he was telling artists like migos and uh cardi being like other people at that time i think like just because you don't win these awards doesn't mean like your music isn't good. If people are blasting music in your hometown, you won. If people know your words, concerts word for word, and they can sing your shit for you without you saying anything, if these social media people are using your songs for everything, you won. Like these trophies, if you win them, cool. But if you don't, that that's not the end of the world. So I think he's really taking a stand against it. And he also said that we need to create another platform as well to to like truly give out to the real winners of this music shit because the grammys just ain't it no more bro we know what we're gonna get we know we're gonna get a lot of robs and we know we're gonna get one or two awards that we're okay with so we can keep coming back and that's why i put down that the statement that drake is making is is, it, it could be huge because we've heard this before of oh the grammys ain't shit da, 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 da. but we haven't seen nobody take an actual stand when people's names are in the grammy noms they still like oh i'm i can still win a grammy this that the third but to actually pull your name out of it that is somebody actually making a statement by doing that action bro now we can actually see more and more people do it and we could put more emphasis on something like the bet awards where people don't mm-hmm. even care about the bet awards no more but we used to maybe we put more emphasis back on that and actually believe in that more so than the grammys especially when obvious obviously all these artists are black like we want to see what the black people feel about our art not the what the white people believe is great and that's who mm-hmm. is voting for these awards most of the time is it's white people or all the time it's white people just we want to know what our fans think and we want to know about what our community thinks the people that actually listening to our music and i think it can actually swift or shift the culture back to the bt awards i don't know if they will actually make something completely different like they make a whole different award show i don't know if they would do that i think the emphasis just would go back to bet and that would be the thing and i i would love that bro because we all know beyonce and jay-z them niggas do not go to the bet awards no more uh drake but they go to the grammys every year but they go to the (laughs) grammys every year drake drake starting to get more scarce and scarce with going to the bet awards uh it's a it's a lot of big it's a lot of goat level people that don't don't go to the BET awards anymore. Obviously, like the Migos, Cardi B, Matt, the Stallion, the Baby, Lil Baby. A lot of the new artists are going, but a lot of the OG people that you would expect to like be there, like the greats that we look at, they don't go anymore. And it's just it's weird because I feel like the more big names we have in the audience, the more fans like us would want to watch because it's like, oh shit. Like Jay Z at the BET or Eminem at the BET, like people who we look at and put in GOAT categories, like if they show up and they participate, I feel like it'll just make us want to watch it more, bro. But BET in general just has to get better in order for us to want to keep watching more. I, I have to I have to put some blame on BET too, because BET sure. Sure. their their popularity has 
you know, plummeted <laughs> recently in the past. I want to say within the past five to seven years, like BET is just absolute trash at this point. So, man, they have gone downhill, bro. But damn, do we put more emphasis on the hip hop awards? Like, I don't know where we will go. Because... We we put more emphasis on the hip hop awards now. Like it, mm. it used to be the B. The we used to around. put a lot of emphasis yeah. on both. Like the yeah. BET awards because you're getting everything. You're getting R and B. You're getting rap. You're getting uh. They might give a gospel award out. Yeah, the time like, you go asleep during gospel. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's a lot of <laughs> you was not watching gospel. You was skipping that. But then, sure. even even with the hip hop awards now, it's like the ciphers don't even hit like that for real anymore. Like because niggas be scared. Nobody of, like, hit them. Freestyle. Yeah. Niggas be scared of freestyle. That's what it is. Because they, they'll put niggas in it. Niggas be scared of freestyle, bro, because they don't, they don't want to look like they can't rap because lyricism isn't the thing anymore now. It's just rhythms and harmonies and, you know, can you flow with the beat? Like, that's what it is now. So it, it's just a different time. But this is this is going to be the start of the shift, though. And I think Drake doing this was major for the shift to actually start because everybody's going to Drake is a trendsetter, bro. Obviously, he's a culture shifter. So if he does one thing, we might see somebody like a little baby. He could talk to Nicki Minaj. Now we're all shifting our focus to something else. And maybe for the, the next BET award, Drake shows up. And if Drake show up somewhere, trust me, he going to bring other celebrities with exactly. him. And that's going to be the spot now. And everybody's going to gravitate there. So, like I said, this was a big domino to fall for the shift. Like you said, it's only BET to tighten up shit because BET ain't been shit for a long time at this point. But this will be big for their popularity to, to get back to where it needs to be. For sure, for sure. I, I think the the biggest thing that ever happened with the Grammys to this day, th this Drake thing is cool, but Will Smith having other artists boycott the Grammys, like, that that's the biggest thing that ever happened to the Grammys, bro. Like when niggas like real deal boycotted that shit, it just did not go. Like that was the biggest thing to ever to ever emphasize black people's point of we don't need y'all, y'all need us. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is, bro. They in every award, but they gonna shortchange us in every award, and that's the crazy thing. They gonna beg us to perform, but giving the <laughs> awards out, nah, y'all gotta slow down. <laughs> Somebody you never heard of <laughs> gonna win the rap award. It's like, damn, like I don't even know who this is. But because with bro, like, and this is why I say they give us one or two awards to make us feel okay, and just try to forget all the other shit they snubbed us for. And I don't like that because. Freddie Gibbs and Nas and these other rappers who had great rap album of the year on um, nominations, they were good projects, but it's like, I feel the award should go to the, to the project that literally changed that year. Like I, I still, I'm still upset about the little baby shit because he wasn't even nominated. Like, how do you have the top selling rap album of the year? You have at least six club bangers on the album but you're not even nominated for best rap album of the year. If you don't win, you don't win because a black person going to win either way. I ain't mad, but you're not nominated. And you had the hottest song of the summer with we paid like, come on now. Like that, that, that was just wild to me, bro. That was wild as hell. All right, man, moving on. We got reproducing living robots, man. I don't know what time we living in, bro, but it's starting to get a little scary because this is happening and nobody is paying attention to it. And I think that's the scariest part about it because we already know that robots are going to take over the world at, at, at some point. Might not be anytime soon, but they're going to take over this shit. And if they're reproducing, it, it's getting kind of crazy. <laughs> and, bro, 
It's so funny because I've been watching this show called Modoc on, uh, on Hulu. And they talked about reproducing like living robots. And if you don't know what Modoc is, it's like a, a Marvel, like he's like a Marvel villain mostly. He's a Marvel villain, but like one of his experiments was like living robots, like um, mm -hmm. reproducing and shit like that. And they took over, <laughs> they took over like the actual lab that he had because they were that destructive. I think th this is what we could be looking at right now because you get so many of them. And if they're actually reproducing with themselves and they're not asexual, it's like, bro, them niggas can do whatever they want. They don't need us anymore. If they can just reproduce, nigga, or feed themselves and do all that other shit, that's why I'm kind of scared because nobody's caring about what is going on around us. <laughs> and it's crazy because I think a lot of us don't look at it because it's not in our country. Like, it's not happening here. And you see a lot of these videos on social media, like it's in Japan or it's in India or it's it's in the western part of the world and we in the united states like we're so confined to what's going on here in our state in our city in our country like we block out everything else that we see we'll see a video of it on social media be like damn that's crazy and then just scroll and go about our day like as to where people in that actual country just imagine how they feel like just imagine living in japan and you're walking past like these like shops that are doing these things with these robots and whatnot. So it, it's just weird, but I, I definitely agree. Like we're gonna see a lot more robots in the near future, especially with this metaverse shit, how we're going into virtual reality and stuff like that. It, it's gonna be a lot of weird shit within the next 10 to 20 years. We're getting so close to iRobot, bro. And that and that's the thing. <laughs> we're getting so close to iRobot happening, and it's closer than we really think. <clears throat> so the report is uh, CNN reported that U.S. scientists have just discovered that Xenobots, the world's very first living robots, now have the ability to reproduce in a way that is not seen in either plants or animals. Xenobots were created from the stem cells of the African clawed frog and measure less than a millimeter wide. Last year. Uh, after their debut, the robot showed that they could move, work together in groups, and heal themselves, but no one ever expected them to reproduce. The scientists at University of Vermont, Tufts University, and Harvard University, who created the Xenobot, said they were shocked to realize the robot creation was now capable of reproduction. These niggas didn't even know what they made. They didn't even know they made a reproducing robot. That's the type of trouble that we're getting in, bro, because we're playing God and we do not know what we're messing with. These niggas mm -hmm. just, okay, like, we're just going to robot, da, 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 something cute. This shit reproducing, <laughs> and they don't even know it's supposed to do this shit. That's For why real, I say, bro. I don't know where we're going from here, bro. That, that's like how it was with um Jurassic Park. Like, you you don't know what's going to happen. Like, because I remember in the first Jurassic Park, they were sitting at the round table, and what's dude's name that, that had the glasses? He he, one of my Fat favorite boy. characters in Jurassic Park. Talking about from Seinfeld. Nah, um... The the other dude, he was he was real smart. Damn, bro, he he had the black slick hair and everything. You talking you about know, the lead character? One of the lead characters, yes. Damn, you He's know Goldblum, Goldblum. Yes, Goldblum, Goldblum. Okay, he I, I couldn't remember his name for that, but Goldblum said, you know, life finds a way. Like always, like there, there is no guarantee because the guarantee in Jurassic Park was we made every, um, we made every dinosaur female. There is no possibility that any of these dinosaurs are gonna 
have sex with each other or have a kid or whatever. And he was like, how are you like absolutely sure of that? Like the, they haven't even been around for years yet. Like, how are you sure this shit isn't going to happen? And they were like, you mean to tell me two women dinosaurs of breed? And he said, life finds a way. Like, I don't know how, but it does. Like, and the same thing with technology. It's going to find a way. Yeah, bro. This shit gets scary, bro. Y'all, I'm just want y'all to pay attention to what's going on around y'all. Because it's coming. It's coming for sure. Now, let's move on to Pastor Ox, man. What you got for Song of the Week? I've been going back to that um, Slime Breezy album with Chris Brown and Young Thug, City Girls. That shit's City so Girls fire, by Chris Brown and Young bro. Thug, bro. That's just so fire. City girls I was going back to that album last year. City. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing that shit all last year too, bro. I would have uh Cole by IDK. So C-O-A-L by IDK, man. I, I, I've been playing that shit all the time. It's like a Christmas song, but he rapping real shit in there. I don't know. What's your favorite right. Christmas song, by the way? I'm not really into Christmas music, bro. I actually hate Christmas music. For real? Whoa, I, I love Christmas music. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I hate Christmas music, Damn. Bro. I would say my favorite Christmas song is You're a Mean One, uh, Mr. Grinch. Mr. Grinch? Damn. That, that shit, that shit hard. Uh, bro, how do you and, feel about what Black said this past week, bro? Polar Express said? overrated? Or that shit was oh, ass? Oh, no. That that's one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Anybody that says that, I I don't trust your judgment when it comes to Christmas movies. I really don't. <laughs> that's one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Greatest, like Home Alone, Home Alone, Polar Express. Shit, what would be up? Oh, The Grinch. Yeah, Home Alone, Polar Express, and The Grinch. Grinch that's my top three Christmas for movies. Sure. How, what about? Yeah, Elf? I, I would put Grinch Elf? at number one. I've, I've never Elf? seen Elf. I've never seen uh, Elf. I love Elf. Will Ferrell, but I have never seen Elf. That's the crazy part. <laughs> Elf the Santa Claus. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. Santa Claus is the worst Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, Tim Allen is Tim Allen is an overrated actor. I'm sorry, y'all. If the man is not playing Buzz Lightyear, I really don't care what the hell he's doing. Uh, I, I just yeah, Hocus Pocus, overrated Halloween movie. The Santa Claus overrated Christmas. No Halloween. No Halloween's not one Christmas movie. I'm tripping. But um no, the other one, bro. Wasn't the other one the night the nightmare before Christmas? That shit was fire. Do, do we consider that a Christmas movie or is that oh, Halloween? Yeah, yeah okay. definitely. It's, that, it's a, both. The crazy, crazy part is it's both. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely up there for me, bro. That's definitely up there for me. I'm trying to go through. I'm not even seeing anything right now. Damn, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch is my favorite Christmas song. I, I say popping out to me right now. I say rocking around the Christmas tree. That's probably my second oh, favorite Christmas song. What is it? Rocking around the Christmas tree. I think that's my second favorite Christmas song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm really a basic oh yeah, and um, Mama kissing Santa Claus by the Jackson Five. Fire! That, that shit fire. is. Nah, I know that. that one. I know fire. that one for sure. I know that one for sure. Man, you remember those Christmas movies that used to be on Disney Channel? What was that one? When my boy, uh, his grandma got hit by a reindeer. What was that? What grandma that on got ran over by a reindeer. That's what the movie was called? That's what the movie was yeah, called? Yeah, that was Cartoon Network. That was Cartoon, that was Cartoon Network. Network. Oh, my goodness. Grandma bro. got run over by a reindeer. That, that, that pops into my head when I think about Christmas That's movies. That's a classic. Sure. That oh, shit is definitely um, a classic. The Fairly Odd Parents Christmas spe- Fire. <laughs> That the boy wished it was fire. Christmas every day. Got tired Bruh, of fucking boy that got shit. tired of that shit. My boy got tired of that shit. Quit. <laughs> that boy. shit was fire. 
SpongeBob, SpongeBob low-key might have the best Christmas special of all time. Yeah, oh, that's bro. It's, that's up, it's definitely up there, bro. It's that SpongeBob Christmas special, that shit was fire. That shit, that shit is, yeah, that shit is yeah. to my mind. Santa's coming tonight, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Them niggas was singing the whole night. Nigga never came. <laughs> <laughs> nigga never came. That shit was hilarious, was fire. bro. <laughs> I remember when that nigga Santa oh, came, that nigga SpongeBob said, Santa, you're here? <laughs> that nigga looked confused as fuck. The whole time is Squidward. I saw the that nigga gave his whole house. That nigga gave his whole house. That's crazy. That shit was crazy. I definitely fuck with that. Uh, but uh, let's move on to uh, movie and show reviews that we got coming up. Yeah, we uh doing Power Season 2, Book 2 um, right now. Uh, we just dropped the episode for that. Be sure and check that out. Uh, that was what, Episode 3, three. that we just did? Mm-hmm. Episode 3. We just did Episode 3 and 4 of Hawkeye. I finished Squid Game, so we could do Squid Games for the end of the year if we got time. Uh, I got to watch The Heart of They Fall, and we we still got to do a BMF season review. But biggest movie of the year is coming in a week. Spider-Man No Way Home, we will have a review for that as soon as possible after the movie. For sure. It's going to be it's gonna be that Friday, Dan. It could actually be that Friday. It, it, it low-key could be that Friday. Because we were watching it on Thursday. I was say I I I watch it Thursday and I don't work Friday. We can do that shit Friday, honestly. We can hockey do that shit on damn Friday. That shit gonna be crazy, yeah, bro. Shit gonna be wild. Spoiler hey, alert! Y'all better get y'all tickets. Y'all, know now. I was about to say, now. y'all better get y'all damn tickets now too for that bitch sold out, boy. That bitch gonna be crazy next week. Honestly, after after two o'clock on Thursday, I'm not getting on social media. I'm not like I'm dead That's, ass not getting it. I'm at going to the movies Twitter. at three thirty. At, at least Twitter. I'm not getting on Twitter after two o'clock because my movie is at seven forty. Yeah, I'm not getting on Twitter at all after two o'clock. So because I refuse yeah. to see any spoilers. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. And I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. I said this before. If this movie is anything less than a ten, I'm mad. So y'all better hope this movie a goddamn ten, my nigga. <laughs> all this nostalgic shit y'all doing. I'm going to be mad if this shit ain't a TM, my nigga. High as fuck expectations for this shit, boy. Come on now. Y'all got to reach him. But yeah, that shit finna be lit, though, for sure. For niggas sure. want to see, but, uh, niggas yeah, wanna see Blade in the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Expectations high as fuck. We expected everything. We just talked about it in Hawkeye, about Kingpin and Daredevil. Nigga, we want to see all these niggas in there, bro. Uh, I want to see a Wolverine Easter egg. I just want to see see one blade come out. I just want to see one blade. That's all I want. And y'all can be good. That's it. Yeah, bro. But uh, you can hit it with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can follow and like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at Q and Sign E Podcast. And our Gmail is QANDE Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and subscribe to our Q&E Media page. It is qandemedia.com, Q-A-N-D-E media.com. Uh, so follow our Instagram page, Q-A-N-D-E Media, and our Twitter page is Q-E Media. We appreciate you guys for listening, and we out. Peace.